All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping and that extends to their outdoor collection their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements featuring rust proof stainless steel hardware weather ready teak and quick dry foam cushions for memorial day get 15 percent off your burrow purchase at burrow.com slash acast and up to 25 percent off outdoor That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Why are the playoffs better at Boston Pizza? Because we've optimized our sports bar experience by studying in-depth analytics, starting with our new BP wing ribs, currently leading all apps in wings above replacement, and deep-fried pickle wedges, an early favorite for the unanimous number one overall pickle. And, of course, the advanced stats darling and leader in pints per game, the new Beer Mosa. Catch the playoffs at Boston Pizza, powered by Fanalytics. You're tuned in to Oilers Nation every day with Tyler Uramchuk, live every weekday on the Nation Network YouTube. The first round of the playoffs. You Oilers are going to round two. Let's get into it with the lead. Woo-hoo. How about that, Liam? Big day. Big day today. Big day today. Big day. Big day. That's all? That's, I mean, hey, it is a big day. I think that just covers everything. We, it's a big way, day for the Oilers, and yep. it's a big day for whatever happened in the NHL last night, too. And then this morning in the NHL, whatever oh, yeah. happened, just everything seems to be happening. It is absolutely wild. And because it's such a big day, mm-hmm. we're bringing on Frank Saravalli in a little bit to talk about it. He's going to join us later in the show. We got our three big things for Betway. We got a Budweiser cooler question. We have a lot to roll through on the Oilers Nation YouTube, where our pal Les has the first comment of the day. He says, what an incredible weekend. We punched our tickets. Seattle knocks off Yavs. The Panthers take out the Bees. I love the playoffs. Let's go Oilers. Oh, and the Flames fired their coach. They did. Les followed it up with, uh, let's go Oilers in Vegas is next. Kennedy, yes, she'll be dropping another hype video. Y'all already know uh, this was something. It was a great weekend. And we are ready to break it all down live from the Sports Closet studio. Check them out, sportscloset.ca. Maybe you didn't go fully gear up in round one. Maybe you're like, ah, just let me see. Maybe you want a jersey of a playoff hero or something. Mm -hmm. Maybe Sports Closet's going to be stitching together some Klim Costin jerseys right away. I think there'll be be a popular one. Maybe some Yamamoto ones. The haters coming back onto his side. Like I said, (laughs) we are going to break down everything that went down this weekend in the NHL. And this morning, Frank's going to talk about the flame stuff and everything like that. But let's talk about what had Greta rocking on Saturday at our watch party, the Edmonton Oilers, in thrilling fashion. They did not make it look easy. They They knock off the LA Kings in game six, five for the final. Liam, we'll go through this game in order. (laughs) Connor McDavid scores first, and I am thinking cakewalk. Yeah. Ball game. Series over. I... I I got that too for a yeah. moment as well. I was like, here we go. The boys are going to rack it up. And then was it, it was two nothing and then two one, obviously. And then 
everything started happening. But yeah, when McDavid got that one early, I just saw the the Kings just aren't ready for about what's about to come to them. And then evidently we were slightly wrong a little bit. But to yeah. start with, the emotions were very good. They were very good. And you're getting a look at this Connor McDavid goal right now as you see uh, the play that put the Oilers up. one nothing early on. 97 was fired up. But I mean, the good times did not exactly roll on throughout the entire hockey game. There were some hairy moments there by yeah. the Oilers. And I do give the Kings credit because I think they very easily could have just rolled over and been like, whoo, we are hooped. But Sean Dursey ties it up. The Oilers then jump out in front. And it was Mr. Game 6, Clem Cost, and yeah. getting his first of the game, a goal assisted by McLeod and DeHarnay. And Clem Shady was an absolute force. I mean, the fact that this guy can pop home two goals while only playing eight minutes and 44 seconds. Gentlemen, I wish we could all say we could give an effective 844 <laughs> the way Clem Costin could. Am I right? It's crazy to think how much of an impact he had on this series, considering one of the games he basically just watched from the bench. Yeah. And he had three goals. And I mean, that's what you want from depth scoring, right? Like I saw this tweet and I thought it just summarized the game perfectly was McDavid and Dreisaitl both scored in that game, but they weren't the headliners. Not even close. Which is amazing to think about. The Oilers were able to close out game mm-hmm. and everybody contributed. It just shows where this team is at right now. And Clem Shady, like playing less than 10 minutes a night is a, such a massive impact. And we've, we've mentioned it a few times. I think mostly before the playoffs, like who is the Fernando Pisani of this team at the moment? Yeah. And it is 1 million percent the real Clem Shady. Totally. Uh, Clem Costin only had 15 shifts in that hockey game. They averaged 34 seconds in length and he made the most of it. He puts the Oilers up 2-1. Dreisaitl puts the Oilers up 3-1 on a power play in the second period. The Oilers power play setting a record for power play percentage in a series win. Dreisaitl goes up 3-1 and Liam, I sat there at Greta and I went, cakewalk, series over. I was once again wrong because the Kings... (laughs) Again, credit to them. They had a real good pushback. They didn't just, and they scored twice on the power play, tie the game, but they took over that hockey game for a sizable stretch. The Kings did? Yeah. Yeah, they definitely, they definitely had a lot of pushback. And it was, maybe we should have learned from this a little bit, Tyler, because I'm thinking about it more now, but game five versus Calgary last season, where it went yeah. to overtime and it was just all those swings in the game, kind of had the similar emotions to this one too. But overall, like the Oilers, found ways to score at timely moments. And that's what ended up having them come through at the moment. I know we're going to talk about it, but Kim's, Kim's got a bit lucky as well. Yeah, Kim, they did. Um, they out, But they outshot the Oilers in every period. And in the second period, it was 16 to eight. The scoring chances were 15 to nine. They were a little bit of like shooting from everywhere, but they were getting pucks on net. I think they recognized Stuart mm-hmm. Skinner wasn't totally on in that hockey game either. That Jersey goal, I feel like he definitely could have stopped. The Kings took it to him for a stretch there and the Oilers bent, but they didn't break. And then late in the second, it's Clem Costin again from Yamamoto <laughs> and Vinny DeHarnay. I mean, that guy as well. He yeah. had a two point night in that hockey game. It was something. Um, and just watching the Oilers depth pieces again, Liam, just roll through in that hockey game. And I will touch on this throughout the show. We have three big things for the entire series. We're going to mm. go through in a bit, but unlikely heroes. When you go back through these hockey games, go back through the entire series and, and identify like who the big heroes are in every one, in none of those games or is it really McDavid and Dreisaitl. It was someone else stepping up. The only one that was really Dreisaitl was probably game one, right? Which they lost. Yeah, game one, which they lost. And then game two, they bounced back with a win. I think yeah. you can maybe see that one was dry. But, but these last yeah. three wins have been the Hyman game, yeah. the Bukestad game, yep. and the Clem Shady game. Yeah. If anyone put money on that, I want to see the tickets because I don't yeah. believe you. If you had Klim Costin <laughs> to score two plus goals in game six, I would imagine you're not working today. Uh, so the Oilers have a lead going into the third. The Oilers have a lead five minutes into the third, mm. six minutes into the third. Boom. Oilers power play. Yep. And Liam, I'm licking my chops. I'm going, it's series <laughs> over. And once again, I was incorrect <laughs> in that analysis because it goes down. Stuart Skinner stick snaps on him. Was Previously snapped. Well, previously snapped. Yeah. He didn't notice. At first glance, it looks like he just fans on it, but yeah. that was bad luck. Like, again, I. That, on that, one end, and it's not even like he ventured out of his net to play that puck. He did everything correctly. His stick gave out on him. That is technically a two minute minor. 
it should have been when his stick was broken with a broken stick right so oh yeah or that but in the moment you're just like you're kidding me just gave me flashbacks of like that uh rasmus anderson goal last season too and it's like it reminded me a lot of that game remember because it was nude scoring twice the back and forth play the goalie gaff all of that and now you see all the 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 pitches coming out after of when i think it was the kempe that slashed him and then you see the stick breaking as you go to the pass it, and you can forgive it. It's a forgivable moment because mm-hmm. it really wasn't his fault at all. We've nope. seen he's going to make that simple play a million times this season. So it's, it's good to look back and now and be like, all right, we can move on from that one. But man, if that was like, if LA went to win this in overtime or whatever, that would be a moment forever. That's like, you've got to be kidding me. And you know, that would have been, do you know, do you ever see those pitches online where it's like, they were just screwed by the refs and it's like, Ryan Kessler, Kale McCart. Yeah. And I feel like the Kempe slash on the stick might have gone into that group a little bit too. But yeah, the, the karma came around and we, we got on the good side of it. Everybody's dropped in their predictions for next round. We're going to get to that a little bit later on the show, but round one was fun. We want to relive it as much as possible, uh, including that game winner in game six. And I will give Jay Woodcroft credit. In this series, he has not trusted that fourth line duo all that much. No. Clem Cost in late in the games has been getting stapled to the bench. Mm-hmm. But Jay Woodcroft recognized he had a line rolling. He had confidence in his boys, and he threw them out there with three minutes and three seconds to go in the game, or three and a half minutes to go in that shift would have started. And the Yamo goal is great. Them working the Kings again as the fourth line mm-hmm. here with Ryan McLeod as the centerman. It wasn't Drysaddle jumping up onto that line. It wasn't McDavid or anything like that. It was Ryan McLeod joining that line Woodcroft trusts his bottom six players to get the job done and Kyler Yamamoto rewards him. What a feel good moment for our little yam fry. McDavid in his post game <laughs> press conference even called them the little guy, the little guy. Which, and they had a good chuckle about it because they were doing it side by side. If you didn't see that, uh, but for him to get his first playoff goal on that, on just throwing a puck on net with a great screen in front as well. Cause Corpus Allo had no hope in hell of seeing that puck. It was just awesome, man. It, it, what a, I have no other way to say it other than feel good moment. Yeah, just a guy on somewhat of a small redemption arc a little bit, right? It's another great series in Yamamoto. and But it came up at a, cost, a, a timely time for the Oilers. And I think something to consider is when you people want to have a guy like Yamamoto out of the lineup, you got to have guys in the lineup who can show up in a moment. Yeah. And Yamo has the ability to show up in the moment like he did. And obviously it's easier to look back on now and say that kind of stuff. But that's a play that I think a more veteran player in the NHL would make rather than just like a rookie, for example. So Yamo obviously massive showed up for the team. And hopefully that's just a momentum thing for him because he's a streaky player. He's going to go on games where he doesn't score for 10 games, but then he's going to go on on streaks where he scores like five and eight or something That's like that. always been the way he's worked. It's the way he is. He's a confidence guy. When, is, when he gets going and he has like in his head, I can score, I can yeah. make the move and finish it off. He finishes those chances a lot and it's just stretches where it's slowed down, right? And it's a chemistry thing too. Like him and McLeod, we've seen it have a good relationship on and off the ice. And then now being with Clem Shady a little bit too, like they know where to kind of be on the ice and you need that familiarity when you're in the playoffs for moments like yep. this, where it's like, I'm coming around the net. I know if I throw this on, someone's going to be there. So mm-hmm. just a, just a great play. And the fact Yamo and Klim Shady outscored their opponents five, nothing or whatever it was like, and they played on the 10 minutes is just shows the depth of this team. These, those two guys were probably second liners like three years ago for this team. Bro, go look at what they rattled out there in that elimination game against Winnipeg. Devin Shore was on the top yeah, line. Like, it's crazy. I think Brad Malone was in the lineup for that game. <laughs> yes, he was. He was. But yeah, yeah. like great, great stuff from the Yams. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Let's catch up on what you guys are saying in the chat before we move along. Uh, Rusty said it was a great series with all sorts of emotional swings. I mean, put yourself back into the mindset you would have been in when they're down 3 nothing after the first period. Yeah. About to go down 3-1 in the series until their power play kind of saves the day in that middle frame. It was the power plays and the big guns there that actually did probably come through the most for them in that second period. Yeah. Uh, Tobla Roos calls him Peter Klima Kostin, which is a great <laughs> pull from back in the early days. Um, a lot of people saying, yeah, thought Skinner fanned on it until he went to the bench to grab a new stick. Yeah, until you see the replay and see the screenshot, yeah. it does just look like Stuart Skinner fanned on it. Um, someone did say goalies are, are allowed to play with a broken stick. Are they? I didn't. I just. I assumed. didn't even know that. Yeah. I don't even know if it's true. I'm just what? trusting the chat. They shouldn't want to. I feel like it's a massive disadvantage, as yeah. we saw. 
G White says Clem has to start getting more ice time. Three goals playing five to seven minutes doesn't make sense to me. I do think there's something to that. And if they're going to be rolling 12 and six with Yanmark coming back for the next round, then I think going McLeod cost and Yamamoto as a line is actually probably a smart way to do this thing. So I agree that he should probably play a bit, a little bit more, but just to play devil's advocate a little bit, like you're playing him less than 10 minutes and he has three goals in a series and in crucial, crucial times. Like, yep. Maybe that's just the perfect amount. Maybe it's good to have those weapons who can stay fresh in a Yamo and a Klim, who are both former first-round picks, who can go out and be effective for that eight minutes a night. And when you're catching them late in the third period, when you know the Kings are maybe a little bit more tired because their top pairing's been out for however long or whatever it is, like you can send those guys over the boards and they got those engines to keep going. And I mean, with the argument too is like, whose minutes are you bringing down? Nuge, because he didn't score. Like, yeah, I mean, no, maybe, no, honestly. yeah, maybe, uh, yeah, that's probably a bad example. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> but it's true though. Like, everyone is playing so well in this lineup. Like, Fogel and McLeod didn't score goals in this series, and they were two of the most effective players on the ice for the others. Yeah, I agree with that. It's wild to think of just the depth this team has at the moment. McLeod picks up two assists in that game six when he finished with three points on the series. Uh, Tyler Mulek. I like the effort here, so I'll read it. Clemando Costini, a play on Fernando Pisani. We'll workshop it. <laughs> yeah, we're we'll getting there. I would also say Clem probably has enough nicknames. It's probably good. <laughs> yes. I think, I think, yeah, we've maybe ran through everything we need to do there. Um, Odin says maybe a few more because when he's out there for that long, he makes mistakes, doesn't look good. I like, and that goes to your point with Costin, right? Yeah. Like maybe you give him a couple extra shifts, but he, he did get 15. Yeah. 15 apples is solid. Or sorry, 50 shifts during right, that game. Yeah. Is all, and he got two goals and an apple. I was, I was, I, I was also <laughs> was like, reading what? the one about how we didn't mention uh, his his assist either. But um, yeah. yeah, I think it's... Just look at the stat sheet. Like We have it on the screen here, if you can swing it up. Aaron. Like Clem Costin, first at the most points. Bouchard, Vinny Dayane, McDavid, and Ryan McLeod. Like, what a... And Dreisaitl, obviously. But he's just like... Mm-hmm. Again, the depth is what is going to help this yeah. team go in. And I think... Woodcroft has got a pretty good handle of where guys need to be. Mm-hmm. Totally. Let's keep moving along here and get into our three big things for the series as a whole. Brought to you by our friends at Betway 19 Plus. Please play responsibly. Giddy up. The Oilers are off to round two. Again, we're going to set it up. Uh, but first, my number one big thing, Liam, it is the depth of this hockey team. Yeah. Listen, they won this series because they had big guys step up. And how about this? With McDavid and Drysaddle off the ice this series, the Oilers outshot the Kings at 5-on-5, 67-64. The Oilers outscored the Kings by one. With McDavid and Drysaddle off the ice, they outscored and outshot the LA Kings. You might say they're like, so what? They outscored them by one. In years past, the bottom six was trying just not to get caved. Yeah. They, like if the bottom six even broke even, we were like, hell Yes, they now have a bottom six that is winning matchups. Hmm. Unbelievable. Yeah, and I, I don't know what else more to say on it, but yeah, it, it's true. Like you're coming into this series, and the Kings are the team who are this deep team and have all these players who can counter the Oilers on so many ways. And then the Oilers just came in and said, "No, no, no. This is this is what we will do to you." And then they did it for most of the time, right? Like guys like Alex Iafalo are pretty effective for the Kings. But outside of that, like I feel, I guess, but he was more effective when he was actually in the top six. But it was the Kings big guns that really had to pop up for them if Mm -hmm. we wanted to win the games. And for the Oilers, like you said, like we had a Bukestad game. We had a uh, Clem Costin game. Like the only thing the Oilers didn't have in that series was a Stuart Skinner game. But they did have a Jack Campbell game, funnily enough. So... Yeah, the depth for me was is the biggest thing, the biggest decision, the difference. Yeah. Um, yeah, and man, you mentioned Jack Campbell. <laughs> yeah. If he doesn't stop Arvidsson late in game four, this series is done. Well, probably not. Probably gonna, yeah. done. Yeah. Talk about the draft. Um, yeah. Oh, man. Don't even put that up there. <laughs> uh, but anyways, number one in this, uh, in our three big things for the series is that the depth really powered this team. Number two, Aaron Flash up that board again. He was the leading scorer in this series. Leon Dreisaitl, 11 points. This guy racked up seven goals in this series in game six. He got his first goal in an elimination game in the past two playoff runs as well. The way he elevates his game. I mean, there's a stat of players who played 40 plus playoff games. Leon Dreisaitl's career 
playoff points per game is like only behind Mario and Wayne. Yeah. The way this guy elevates, the way his game translates to the playoffs with the big body, the possession style of play, everything Drysidle does in the playoffs turns to money. And he was their best player of this series. The one thing I noticed about him, which I thought was funny, is he, he looks excited to be playing hockey, which might seem weird, but in the playoffs, like, uh, sorry, in the regular season, like Drysdale is very nonchalant about things. Mm-hmm. Like he scores, he doesn't show like a ton of emotion about it. But man, in the playoffs, like every yeah. time he puts a point up, it's it's like it's his last. Like he just mm-hmm. lives for these moments. And he, he just the eye of the tiger. Oh yeah, he's <laughs> he is in the zone for these playoffs right now. And yeah, playoff Leon is is legit. Yeah, it absolutely is legit. There was that stat from Isinth Pryor of the Athletic who had the numbers of biggest jump from regular season points per game to playoff points per game. And Dreisaitl's is the best all time. And it's basically <laughs> like Dreisaitl, few other like good players, yeah. and, but a bunch of guys who are like 30 point guys that jumped to being like, oh, half a point per game in the playoffs or like 0.6 in the playoffs. Dreisaitl goes from like over a point a game to like 1.7 in the playoffs. It's nuts. It's crazy that he just has another level. But yeah, like those mm-hmm. guys are probably guys like what, Pascal Dupuy and stuff like that. Like Chris Kunitz, I bet. Yep. Like those kind of players. But yeah, what yeah. he's able to do is, is bonkers. Uh, Thanowich says, Drysaddle's reaction on Yamo's goal was wild. A lot of people agreeing with you in your comment about how he just, he seems to have a little bit more passion coming yeah. out of time, which is interesting. Like, like you look at the one um, when he scored, what was it? It would have been game five where he was like basically mm. on his ass and he's just like rolling around on the ice. And it's, it's cool. It's, it builds the energy everywhere. When you see your players on the ice, like, so invested in every single goal like when and obviously the overtime goals are a little bit more to them but like the the mcdavid little hop around like it's just i don't know i love seeing the character in the person that's what makes playoff hockey so much fun right yeah like Like even yamo the guy's at center ice when he's celebrating (laughs) his winning goal right it's it's amazing yeah it's uh it's something uh number three it's i mean how could we not just talk a little bit more about the power play right yeah the way it ran through in this series like Teams, every time they get a power play, have to just be, for lack of a better term, shitting their pants. (laughs) 56.3% in round one of these playoffs. They were like borderline unstoppable. And I know there were a couple other teams who were above 40. Winnipeg was 41.7. Boston was 40.7. They both got bounced. Yeah. And again, the Oilers were like 15% clear of second place in the NHL. Of all the teams to advance, the Oilers are 19% clear of the next team to advance. (laughs) Like, they're unpredictable. This series now established Evan Bouchard as a threat that now teams have to respect. And guess what? If you're going to sit there and be like, all right, we need to zero in and take away the shot from Evan Bouchard. All you're doing is giving more space on the half wall for McDavid and Drysaddle. McDavid's flying around the entire zone. Drysaddle's moving from his office, but now he's parking in front as well. This power play was 56.3% and Ryan Nugent Hopkins was largely quiet in the series. And he's usually a power play, which like I, again, if they win this round against Vegas, their power play might only hum at 30. But I think the fact that we're setting the floor for this power play at 30 is ridiculous. Yeah. 56.3% against the Kings. It's crazy. Well, to put it out there, if the Winnipeg Jets were the second best power play in the playoffs, they played the Vegas Golden Knights. That is a good Whose point. Power penalty kill would be what? Where have you got it there, Aaron? 58%. Is that in the playoffs? Yeah. So the Oilers' power play almost beats out what the Vegas' penalty kill would be, which is the craziest stat in the entire world. But hopefully the Oilers wow. can keep that kind of running. And I mean, that that rate is high. But I mean, there's no reason to think this power play can't honestly mm-hmm. run at like a 40%, which is nuts. But yeah. they've got every single weapon. Evan Bouchard makes this power play a million times better which is wild considering where it was, but just his ability to have that absolute hammer of a slap shot, his ability to pass his deception. If he's going to, if he's going to slap it, if he's going to pass it, if he's going to wrist it, like he has just been absolutely amazing for this team and just the threat. And it it has taken away from Nugent Hopkins, but I'd rather have that threat on top than somebody who's going to come in with like a wrister, which is somewhat predictable, but not, you know what I'm trying to say. JR says Zach Hyman's face is a threat. True. Absolutely. Um, Tyler Mulek says, as some say, special teams battle, all caps, 100%. (laughs) The worst penalty kill in round one was obviously the LA Kings for obvious reasons. Second worst penalty kill in round one was the Vegas Golden Knights at 48%. 
58.3 or sorry, 58.3%. It was an ugly go on the PK for the Vegas Golden Knights. And that'll be a big, big, big thing that they need to clean up in this next round. If they want any hope of, I won't even say winning the series, but I will say staying in the series, having it be a series at all. Uh, the Vegas Golden Knights averaged 3.91 trips to the penalty box per game in round one. The Oilers were just a hair above that at 3.91. So like 0.02 separating them. But again, if the Golden Knights are going to give the Oilers 3.89 power plays per game, you're basically gifting them minimum one goal a game. Yeah. And uh, just to go on the Vegas power play too, clicked at 18.8. So not 56. Not 56. Yeah. Not 56. They obviously don't have the weapons the Oilers do offensively, yep. but they definitely have the depth throughout the lineup to attack it for sure. Yeah, totally. Those are our three big things for Betway. 19 plus, please play responsibly. Oilers are favorites in their round two series against the Vegas Golden Knights, minus 145 in that one, which means you're going to get them at plus money to win this series in six or sooner. Mm. I'm on it. I just, I, they played them well. Let's get into some stats here for this matchup brought to you by our friends at Boston Pizza and their fanalytics inspired menu. The Oilers played them very well in the season series, Liam. And it wasn't even that close, like especially down the stretch. I know there were some OT wins in there, but like Vegas's one win, I think also came in overtime. Like, yeah, first time they matched. Yeah. Edmonton is the better team head to head here. Hey, there you go, Aaron. This lines up perfectly with what we want to talk about. The series season matchup between these two sides, Edmonton 3-0-1. Edmonton scored more than four goals per game and the power play hummed as well. Like, just no reason to not think the Oilers can't go pedal to the floor here. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to underestimate Vegas, but I, I agree. And I mean, you look at the goaltending too. I know Skinner wasn't fantastic, but there mm-hmm. was some question marks around Lauren Brossois too in the first round. Yep. And he's, he played good. He, is, credit, he is good. He's a good goalie. But And I think one of the games Vegas won in Edmonton, was, sorry, they didn't win the first game. Obviously, that was the yeah. third game. Amber Swap was basically the reason why Vegas won that game, if I remember correctly. Yeah, he started the one game and allowed just three goals on 30 shots. Yeah, like he, he was good. He made a ton of good saves mm-hmm. in that first period. So it just seems like one of those goalies that maybe if you can get on him a little bit early, mm-hmm. then you'll be good. I think Corpsell is better than him. I think so. I think that's a fair statement. Yeah, so but, we'll uh, see from there. Good numbers in the regular season for Laurent Brassois, 217 goals against average 927 save percentage. He only played 11 games. So I think you could view that as like a glass half full, glass half empty thing. You could say like, hey, he doesn't have the season behind him that maybe a guy like Corpusalo did, right? Yeah. Or you could sit there and say, hey, the Oilers wore down Jonas Corpusalo. Brassois is probably a little bit more fresh. You might not be able to wear him down. I think I'm more on that side of the argument of, you probably won't be able to wear down a Laurent Brassois. But like you said, get to him early, maybe shatter the confidence, right? Yeah, I think that's what it's going to be about. I like what yep. people are saying in here too. Matthias Yamark revenge series. Yeah. What was the crazy stuff for Yamark? Five of his like nine goals were against teams he used to play <laughs> play for. So yeah. Insane. And I mean, they didn't do a tribute video for him when we were in Vegas. So I would imagine he's really pissed off about that too. Scored early in that game <laughs> as well. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Shout out to Matthias Yanmark. Who gets the upper hand, Yanmark or Brassois in their respective <laughs> revenge series? A lot of you guys saying, yeah, it's the Yanmark series. He is expected to be back for game one against the Vegas Golden Knights. I'm hearing the rumblings that he should be playing. Well, I think that leads to the obvious question. Broberg comes out. Yeah. I, he played less than four minutes. What forward are you taking out, right? That's the thing. Like This group, and we spoke about it actually after game one when Yanmark played, like, how do you switch to 11 and seven with this forward group, mm-hmm. the way they played in that one game. And then they were able to extend that to six. Yeah. It's you're just being a, be given a disjustice to the players. I've been out there for you doing everything they can every yeah. night to win that series. And no disrespect to Broberg. I thought he had a pretty good series for the time he had on ice, but Vinny's finding his game. So yes. Broberg's just less and less useful as Vinny keeps playing better. Exactly. I worry about not having that insurance policy. Cause you think about the games when Vinny struggled, you take up Broberg's minutes and it's a little bit less of a problem. But. Yeah. But what I would say to that is to like the top four of the other's blue line, if you want to take Bouchard out of the equation, sure. But like Kulak, Ekholm, CeCe, and Nurse should have enough experience to play an extra few minutes a night. Yep. I think that's a great point. Tyler Mulek says, I think Broberg's speed would help with this team against the Golden Knights. I think he said earlier on, he's a little bit worried about, you know, Vinny being able to handle the four check of this Golden Knights team. I think that's fair, but I also think 
the Kings had a lot of speed too, right? Yep. They, they, they maybe didn't play the system that allowed for them to maximize it. And Bruce Cassidy is going to have a much more up-tempo system and pace than Todd McClellan did. Yep. But I also think there's a little bit of, yeah, okay, they're not going to be playing the 1-3-1 like LA did. Okay, so you're going to try run and gun with the best run and gun team in the NHL? Like, good luck to you? Yeah, that, it's definitely going to be a different kind of mm-hmm. energy, I think, for all, however many games it goes. But yeah, if they want to try run and gun, then I think the others will be just as fine with that too. Like, do you know what? We said this like mm-hmm. when the season was kind of coming down the stretch there and we were like, oh, the Oilers are now playing like really tight games against Colorado and yeah. Vegas and the Kings. And it's like, yeah, because they can beat you in any way. Mm-hmm. They are just, an, they're an elite team and they're a team that can go and win the Stanley Cup and Vegas is obviously in the way, but they can knock off Vegas in probably six, maybe even five if they mm-hmm. really give their A game for that many games. Series starts on Wednesday in Vegas with games on Wednesday, Friday, and then expected to be Sunday and Tuesday. The reason they had to start on Wednesday is because Shania Twain has her concert on Friday and Saturday. Ah, interesting. <laughs> uh, but anyways, I'm going to be hitting the road with our friends at AMA Travel for another AMA Travel playoff experience. Uh, giddy up. AMA Travel can help you out. And if you're looking to plan maybe a playoff trip, they got you. If you're looking to maybe plan a summer trip, how about this? Head to amatravel.ca slash dream. You fill out a little quiz and it like spits out a trip that it thinks Ooh, you'd like all planned out. That is quite fun. Maybe you will be going to drum hell this summer. Maybe I will. <laughs> you can save on cruises, travel insurance, vacation packages, and more at amatravel.ca. Excited to get rolling with that. Um, let's take a look at the second round bracket here really quickly. Uh, Oilers, Golden Knights, we know Dallas taking on the Seattle Kraken. Uh, Liam, which result surprised you more, Seattle over Colorado or Florida over Boston? Uh, Seattle, for sure. I think Florida has the firepower to be a top team in the East. I, uh, I think that's a good point. Seattle, just like everything kind of went for them. Like They might have the hottest goalie in the playoffs right now, which is a crazy thing to say considering the year. Yeah. Uh, I had Boston winning that series in seven. I had Colorado winning that series in five. So the surprise mm-hmm. for me comes from the Seattle crack. And AMA Travel Out of Town Scoreboard, there's a game seven tonight. Between the Devils yeah. and Rangers, that one should be a lot of fun as well. Let's continue to go around the NHL with Frank Saravalli, whose appearances, as always, are brought to you by Star Mechanical, Edmonton's number one plumbing and heating company. Find out more by visiting them online at starmechanical.ca. Frank Saravalli in the mix. He has had a wild day of breaking news, and we are going to talk about that a little bit later on. But first, Frank, it's Oilers Nation every day. I want to ask you about the Edmonton Oilers. I we just broke down the whole series again. I think the big difference from this year's team compared to teams in the past is they have depth pieces that don't just go out there and try to survive. They can go out there and make an impact. And I think that's what makes them a legitimate Stanley Cup contender. Fair? Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for the award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. My video is delayed, so hopefully the audio is not. Um, I would say that it is fair. I think it's one of the big things that separated this Oilers team from teams of the past. I would also say the fact that 
Connor McDavid was sort of as quiet as he was in this series for a guy that had 10 points in six games is a really scary thought for a Vegas Golden Knights team that doesn't defend nearly as well as the Kings, doesn't have the shutdown pieces to be able to go toe-to-toe with guys like McDavid and Dreisaitl, and really is in a spot where maybe their only hope here is to play a bit of run-and-gun hockey, some seven to four games, which are no stranger to this season series that I think gives the Oilers a significant advantage in this matchup. It's a big stylistic change from the LA Kings, and I think it's one that suits the Oilers. Yeah, I think so as well. Like I look at that Kings lineup and I go, Dano and Kopitar, big reason why McDavid was slowed down with 10 points in the first round. I look at Vegas and I go, and I go, who's Dano, who's Kopitar? You don't have one of those, never mind two of them, right, Frank? Yeah, and that's really the big thing is I think the Vegas Golden Knights are a way better team and different team with Mark Stone in the lineup and at his best. He is a complete player, but I, I, I think there's so much being asked of Mark Stone on a, on a nightly basis that's not just playing in his own end that I think – you know, the Golden Knights need to rely on him and his line for production. Like, where did the Brett Howden first round series come from? It's kind of largely as a result of the boost that they've gotten from having Mark Stone play with him. So um, that, I think, has been a significant development that I think raises my eyebrow a little bit in terms of don't count out the Golden Knights. But I also look at the opponent that they just came off of playing in the Winnipeg Jets, and I say that's a really average team. So I don't put a lot of stock in the fact that that was a short series. And I think, you know, there's no reason to overlook the Vegas Golden Knights. But I think when you consider on a whole, there really is something to me to be said about season series and how that impacts a playoff series. You think back to the Oilers, and Tyler, you and I have had this conversation multiple times about Connor McDavid and what he said at the All-Star break about games against L.A. being a turning point. That That's a team that they needed to you know, overcome and a hurdle that they needed to clear based on the way that L.A. plays and makes life difficult for them. You look at the Florida Panthers and their season series against the Boston Bruins. They were one of... Two teams that had multiple wins against the Bruins this year who only had 17 total losses in a 65-win season. And I think that actually means something when you get to the playoffs, that teams that have an advantage over others, you know, it usually tends to translate when it comes to the postseason. And you see that a bit for the Oilers, I think, or you will in this season series against the Golden Knights. You heard me ask the question to Liam. I gave my take as well. But what was more surprising to you, the Kraken beating the Avs or the Panthers beating the Bruins? And I'm not just talking game seven. Like, I'll go series as a whole. Which one of those two results stunned you the most? I would say game seven in terms of just the way it happened. It's definitely the Panthers, you know, even after blowing a two-goal lead to find that goal in the last minute of regulation to tie it and send it to OT. Uh, That was big. Um, But I would say as a whole, the series itself is more surprising to me that the Kraken were able to win that series based on, especially after the Avs won game six, I thought for sure on home ice, that they'd find a way to to overcome what the Kraken had thrown at them. And they just, they didn't have the juice this year. A couple of theories on why Frank's words and mouth don't line up. One says it's a ventriloquist act. The other one says he actually gives his answers in Spanish and we <laughs> dub them over. Uh, continuing along on Oilers Nation every day with our friend Frank Saravalli. Big news down south, down the QE2, Frank, Daryl Sutter. He gone. His extension hasn't even kicked in while we all sit here in this room and wonder what we need to do to get two years of paid salary for no work. Take us through why this decision was made by the Flames. It was untenable. There was no path for Daryl Sutter to come back. Um, He had basically alienated every person in that organization from players. And I don't want to overstate it and say every person, but a vast chunk of them 
from players to, you know, assistant coaches to equipment and trainers staff and front office members. Like you just saw Brad Tree Living walk out the door two weeks ago to the day because he had had enough that this wasn't the way that he wanted to continue on working anymore. And Daryl Sutter was the main reason for that. So maybe a little bit ass backwards in terms of, well, you had actually took the GM walking for this team to get serious about making a change, especially for one that, uh, speaking of change, holds money so close to the vest uh, in terms of their decision-making process that Daryl Sutter with $8 million left on his deal over these next two years, it took a lot for them to part ways with him. I'm told he wasn't happy this morning uh, and expressed that uh, unhappiness. But no, doesn't change the fact that a change needed to be made. Frank, they got like $330 million from the government. You think they're really worried about Sutter's $8 million salary? I mean, come on. <laughs> the government will pay. <laughs> so what are the Oilers going to get now? Uh, they get Daryl Sutter. No. Um, yeah, I don't I, That's a great point. I mean, you saw that statement from OEG. Like, it's actually a bit of an issue. I can imagine Daryl Cates is not thrilled. I still think he got a good deal on the arena as a whole. Um, but yeah, I, I would imagine there's plenty of people, maybe not on the hockey, purely on the hockey side of this organization, but a lot of people in the back end, Frank, who are not happy in Edmonton. Why would you be? I mean, it's yeah. clear that the the Alberta government is propping up one organization over the other. It's not the Oilers fault that the flames decided to tank the last deal that they were in and basically go back to the table to fight for a better one. Uh, They've been playing in a dump in the Scotia bank saddle dome for the last uh, decade, two decades. Like it's, if you want to go back to 1982, just go to the dome. Uh, I had a, I guess out of curiosity, do you think Lindholm will now consider staying in Calgary since Sutter's gone? Like he was one of the guys at the at his exit meetings that express that like maybe Calgary isn't the place he wants to stay, right? I think that hesitation plus the testimony from players in their exit interviews. I'm told Don Maloney was in the room and heard all of this from the horse's mouth. Basically, he had enough ammunition over these last two weeks to turn around and present a case to Flames ownership and Mary Edwards in Calgary Sports and Entertainment to say, this is not a decision that anyone's taking lightly, but here are all the facts that I've gathered. And Don Maloney mentioned in his press conference today that he also spoke to agents, uh, different people close to the team to really get a 100%, 360-degree view of the situation. And Make no mistake, Liam, the players that have such big off-seasons ahead for the Calgary Flames weighed heavily into this. There's no way that that team could be competitive uh, with that coach next season, knowing that that also probably meant that a bunch of players uh, that are on the current team that don't want to be back, that would loom large. How could you possibly have a team that competes and gets back into the playoffs next year if these guys want to walk and force their way out? Interesting. Uh, nice joke here, since this is an Oilers show from Dizon, who says the real question, though, is the new stadium going to be shaped like a saddle dome or they're wondering to honor the current version of the Flames? Maybe they shape it like a dumpster. Um, <laughs> anyways, another game seven tonight in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Frank, uh, before we let you go, give us your pick Rangers or Devils. What do you got? I'm going with Rangers in game seven. I originally picked the Devils in seven to start the series. I'm flip-flopping because, for one, the Devils have struggled to score. The Rangers have Igor Shesterkin in net number two. And I just think the Rangers have so much more on the line. We've seen in the past how that can work against teams. The Devils are kind of playing with house money. They've reached a level with expectations this season that no one really was expecting them to get to. Their window is just beginning to open. And I think the Rangers, after all their acquisitions, Kane, Tarasenko, whoever it's been, that they're going to find a way to have one of those big guns step up in a way that they haven't to this point in the series. Great stuff. As always, Frank, did you have another one? Are you good? I'm good. You're good. All right, Frank. Well, enjoy the rest of uh, your Monday. Get some rest in you and we'll chat again maybe later in the week. Okay. It's all right. I'm going to say bye now and then I'll just keep talking for the next 30 seconds. So see you later. <laughs> yeah. We're actually just going to leave Frank up for the remainder of the show. Cause it'll just keep going. Oh, uh, there you go. Frank Cervalli for star mechanical. If you need 24 seven emergency repair, you know, who's got you covered, Liam? 
Star Mechanical. You know Star Mechanical's <laughs> got you covered. 780-481-8873. We got a couple of things we need to get to. In my hand right here, our raffle tickets, courtesy of our friends at Greta. We partnered up with Dog with Dogs with Wings for all of our uh, watch parties at Greta. Every away game in round two, you know we're going to be back. This draw is going to be for flights and tickets to game five in Las Vegas, Nevada. Game five. Game five. So you have some time if you're the winner. Should we do it now? Should we do it now? May as well. Let's do it now. If you bought a raffle ticket, giddy up. Again, shout out to Greta and Dogs with Wings for doing this. Liam, give them a stir. Give them a stir first. You give them a stir. Okay. Okay, that's good. And the winner is, I'm not even looking. See, I'm not even looking. Raffle number 059-4143. That is the winning ticket number for Cindy Ray Tangay. Cindy Ray Tangay, guess what? You got flights and tickets to Game 5, Oilers, Golden Knights. Shout out to our friends at Greta and Dogs with Wings. You are heading down to Las Vegas for Game 5 of this series. A lot of people saying oil and four. Maybe. Maybe we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Game 5, Cindy Ray Tange, you are our big winner. Shout out to Greta and Dogs with Wings. We'll be back at Greta Wednesday, Game 1 of Round 2 of the Stanley Cup Playoffs. And you know what we'll be sipping on when we're there, Liam? Yes. Ice cold Bud Lights. Gavin, cooler question. Wheel this bad boy in. I'm going to make sure I say the right answers. But yeah. I was enjoying some Bud Lizzie's over we the weekend. We had quite a few. What are we <laughs> oh, there it is. I see one with a question on it. Oh. As we put a bow on the series, Liam, your question is upside down. Your three stars for the Oilers for the first round against the LA Kings. Rattle them off. Oh. One, two, and three. Number one, Dry Seidel. Has to be. That's a lock. Number two, Evan Bouchard. I think that's fair. Connor David would have led the LA Kings in points, but he's not number two. I think part of it is the surprise factor. And also production from the blue line is significant. Number three, I will. It's a tough one. He's a few candidate. I mean, I got to go with McDavid. I was thinking about Clint Carson. though. I mean, do you know what? I'll go Clint Shady. Really? He's going to be your number three. Two very timely goals for this team. Three timely goals. So I'll give it to Clint. Give him some love. I like that. Good man. Uh, I'm going to agree with you on one and two. I'm going to go dry settle and Bouchard mm-hmm. in this one. But for my number three, boy, was I ever tempted to go with Jack Campbell, but I will not get that <laughs> cheeky. I'm going to go with the OT hero, Zach Hyman. Yep. I think this year, Clem Costin doesn't have a chance to have game six heroics. If we don't get Zach Hyman heroics, this guy wore a puck off his face. And I give him some credit for the fact that he didn't start the series well, but just kept at it. Right. Yeah kept on grinding his way through and then found a way to come up in huge ways for the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, You're all giving your comments in the YouTube chat. Make sure you hammer the like button if you haven't already. Ravina says dry Boosh and Nuge. Um, Tyler Mulek gives his to Nick Bukestad. He was huge in the faceoff dot, scored a couple big goals. I thought he was great. Yeah, he had a very good series. It was a Nick Bukestad game, so it's got to be something. Yeah, totally. Totally. Uh, Christopher Palmer says Coach Woody needs a star. I'll give him one. I think you could. Yeah. I think the way the Oilers tactically adjusted to the 1 3 1 and found a way to really pick apart LA on a consistent basis is huge. Um, did so you, yeah, did like you that see one. that stat? He was like the first Oilers coach to win back to back, back to back playoff series in back to back seasons. Oh, like win a series in back to back years. In back to back years. Yeah. I went that wrong since like 19. Since 98. 98. Wow. Was it? Yeah. That is something. It's crazy. That is something. Dizon says, I think McDavid was pretty key in round one just by being there and making the Kings players True. focus on him. I think that too, like McDavid, that being that distraction, McDavid being a guy that they're talking about in every team meeting before every game, got to shut down 97, got to shut down 97. For him to be still productive, despite the fact he's basically getting double covered the entire time. Yeah. He's. Just shows the level of talent he's at. Like he had 10, 10 points this playoffs, and we were like, ah, ah, is he is he all right? And like, if you're Vegas, you should be shaking in your boots. <laughs> yes, you, you should. You be. Got, they'll be doing the same. But yep. That's why we have twenty nine too. Mikey K gave his third star to Evander Kane. Oily Gordo said Dry Sidle, Yams and Hyman one two three. Brian D said Dry Bush and Ekholm as his three as well. Uh, so giddy up, there you go. Shout out to our friends at Bud Light, by the way. These were oh, going yeah. down smooth on Saturday. A shout out to Bud Light for another nice Saturday night. Another nice Saturday night. Maybe we'll throw some Budweiser's in the fridge here, and by the end of the day, we'll maybe crack one open. Yeah, as well. Hmm? Maybe. Five o'clock somewhere. Betway bets of the day. Liam, one game on tap in the NHL. Devils, Rangers. I'm rolling with the over. I cashed on this one earlier. 
in game six. It was a part of a nice parlay I did, mm-hmm. which was Leafs money line over between the Devils and Rangers and Oilers money line. Hell yeah. Um, but I am going with the over five and a half. Titan three to six. Yeah, I like that too. I like the over. I can't pick a winner. I really don't know. But my, for some reason, the Devils just keep coming back to me. I think I might ride with the Devils on this one. They have some guys that are like crazy due for goals, like Meyer, Keyshire, yeah. Brat. Like they've been held off the score sheet and they are due. Yeah, so I'll go with that. And then I actually don't mind Jack Hughes to actually score a goal tonight. It was plus 110 on Betway. These big guys kind of show up. Yeah. Like last night, I hit the David Pasternak goal. Yeah. When a guy is big like, game. I know, uh, what does Hughes have this season? 43 goals, three goals in the playoffs. Yeah. Like, you can get them at plus money. Yeah, yeah. take it. Pasternak plus 120 last night on Betway. Sergeant Battle is in, uh, changing the topic a little bit. So McDavid at 10 points is a slow series, not enough. Matthews at nine is an amazing dominant series. I haven't really seen anyone describe it that way. He had the one dominant game for sure, and I yeah. thought he was good. Um, I know you aren't big on the Toronto Maple Leafs. <laughs> Listen, as a fellow Canadian hockey fan, I, I got a smile out of them and the celebrations and all that stuff. I just couldn't even imagine how good it would feel to be in that Leafs room, to be in that pit watching where the Leafs do their games. I'll be honest. I quite frankly, didn't really care that much you went through because either way, like the Oilers wanted to play him until the final, but it was good to see the leaves kind of get over their demons a little bit. And people were kind of making fun of them for the celebration and stuff. And what I would say is like, screw off. This yeah. team has been fighting it forever. We have laughed at them forever and it's, they can celebrate. Yeah, they can do it. Like, there was a, a report that like Bud Light cases were just like filtering into the room. Hell like, yeah. Let them have it, man. Like this has been a franchise that has suffered for a long time and I love laughing at them, but let them have the moment. Yeah. Now they have to play Florida, who I think people are also underestimating is like, oh, well, the Boston's out, like cakewalk for Toronto. It's like, well, Boston had to lose to somebody to be out of the competition. Yeah. And now it's Florida and they're going to be, I think they're almost a little bit more dangerous than what Boston could be if they can beat Boston, right? Take Florida lightly at your own peril. Yes, because they are elite. And they, like, oh, sorry, they, they have elite players. Yes, that's what Chuck Barkov, legit. If Borowski wants to be vintage Bob, they're hard to beat. Brandon Montoya, two goals yesterday. Um, what was he? 74 point defenseman. Anton yeah. Lundell, two assists in the game yesterday. Dead, yeah. Verhage, 40 yep. goal scorer. Like, They've got a lot of talent. I think that series will go seven. Yeah. Uh, tomorrow, we're going to break down a few more round two matchups. Give our round two picks yep. as well on the show. A lot to get to. I might even uh, invite a little guest on, but me and you will talk about Ooh. that after the show as well. A big shout out to Sports Closet, because as always, we are live from the Sports Closet studio. Wednesday, it's a Sherwood Ford Giant game day from Las Vegas. That is going to be a fun one. Shout out to AMA Travel as well. Betway Star Mechanical, who sponsors every Frank Saravalli appearance on this show Boston Pizza, the new Fanalytics menu, and Greta, which is where you are going to be watching mm-hmm. or going to want to be watching Game 3 with our boy Aaron on the mic down mm-hmm. in downtown Edmonton. Thanks for tuning in today. We're back again tomorrow, noon Mountain Time. Hit the like button before you go and enjoy Game 7, Devils Rangers, everybody.